Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech Athletics Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. What's up, man? Hello, hello, my friend. Are you ready for the final road trip of the Longhorns? Yeah, I was like, where are you going with the final road trip? The game's here in Lubbock this weekend. Yeah, man. Last time they're coming to Lubbock for the foreseeable future. Let's do it. Yeah, I think so. Looks like there's a sellout. I think first sellout since 2018. A lot of people, a lot of people interested in the Longhorns. A lot of people who haven't seen Texas Tech beat the Longhorns, but only twice since we got out of the 90s. I haven't been paying too much attention to Texas Twitter. Are they taking credit? Like, are their fans taking credit for selling out the Jones or is it like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen some of that. Yeah, I've totally seen some of that. I think... um Umlang, which I think Kyle. is Latin. I think, is that Latin for troll? I don't know. But I think that that is, I think he posted something about how Texas is responsible for four of the 10 biggest crowds ever at Jones AT&T Stadium. And honestly, you know, that's kind of low. I feel like they should pull their weight a little more. I mean, it's not like we have a bunch of other in-state teams that we get all fired up about. Yeah. For the biggest that's 10. also that's have large fan yourself. Yeah. I mean. We, we get fired up about TCU, but they can't even fill their own stadium. No. We haven't been fired up about Baylor. Uh, I think a lot of folks show up for Oklahoma State, too. I think that's usually a pretty big one. Yeah, but I mean, like... OU, it's not probably. A, yeah. But not Texas. It, it, it'll be different when they're gone. I mean, we didn't, we didn't fill up the stadium for, for Houston. Maybe no, that'll that be different. True. Maybe it'll be different for when they're in the conference, but I don't know. Doubt it. Uh, everybody was at the beach. There's just, that's so, just the problem. Yeah. Everyone was at adventure park. There's too many other cool <laughs> things to do in Lubbock. Yeah. Well, in this episode, we're going to get obviously ready for, get you guys ready for the Texas game. Quite possibly the last game we will ever see in Lubbock in our lifetimes. Who knows? They, they could pull an A&M and just be completely opposed to traveling to non-conference games. We will do a wrap up on NC State, give some of our final, final thoughts, see if our, our, our initial impressions or reactions have cooled a little bit. Mine have. And I feel like I kind of hedged on the, the instant reaction. I was frustrated, but also was like, 
well, we can't expect to be perfect. I'm, I'm still more on that side than upset or angry or anything like that. You'll be surprised to hear that I rewatched the first half and I actually feel worse. So I'll get into that a little bit more. I'm still frustrated that the referees, the officials allowed. <laughs> that was awful. Because <laughs> like NC State to rip the ball from Drew Hookut. He was on the ground. By the time I think by the time they blew the whistle, they had alligator rolled Hokut on top of another play. Like they had rolled him. He was on the ground, rolled him up. It was at least four guys. I, I saw the and, and if y'all didn't listen to the instant reaction, which is perfectly fine. You go back and check it no, out if not. you want. But <laughs> but go back and check it out if you want. I was driving the whole first half, so I didn't get to see it. And then I went back and I thought, well, let me at least watch the first half again. And so many things I thought sounded bad actually looked worse. But that call on Hokut, man, I mean, yeah, he he muffed it. He totally did. But he fell right on it. And then the play went on for another 15 seconds. Yeah. With so four defenders just punching the crap out of him the entire time. So we'll we'll uh, we'll give our final thoughts on that. Uh, like I already said preview the the longhorns give our thoughts and predictions there uh take a look around the big 12 there is a, a pretty cool update we'll give on, on bryce ramirez um before we get there though if you're not following us on twitter you absolutely need to be you catch us all the the great things that michael tweets out because anything great <laughs> that's tweeted from the account came from michael uh anything related to the podcast audio or links that came from me but there are snippets of the episodes you get like a one minute preview every now and then of the episode, little teaser. That's me. But otherwise at 23 personnel to follow all of Michael's great content, me Spencer at punts suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can also catch us on Rob bros college tailgate show 10 to noon on Saturdays here in Lubbock. One Oh three, nine FM KKAM.com and the talk one Oh three point nine mobile app. It is us, the 23 personnel and gambling gauchos. Finally, before we get into this episode, I want to remind you that today's episode, episode 297 of the 23 personnel podcast is brought to you by sports drink, your digital water cooler. Sports drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and hate on your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink. Spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. All right, Michael, you ready for some football? I think so, man. Let's do it. Escape and that picked off. Back to back turnovers and Waters running the other way. Touchdown! Kick six, seventy yards. Marquise Waters play fake. Finds Tharp again and he's in the end zone for his first collegiate touchdown. The deep ball down the middle and it's caught. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Miles Price, thirty-nine yards for the score. 
Picked off at the 20-yard line. Smith to throw it. Has a man downfield. And Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks to the left side to the five. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Smith. Find a little time. Throw to the back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Tied at 38. Three seconds to go. 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. It is good. Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal. Oh, my God. Can you believe that? Wow. I feel like everybody would be disappointed if I didn't come up with something during the, the football intro. Oh, I'm sure I want to talk about people want to check off their bingo card. John Harris. Wow. Reminded me. I'm excited. I'm excited to do it. I, I'm pumped. I can't wait. Rob uh, needed a, a second for the Lubbock high Westerners and the Andrews Mustangs on the broadcast. And he asked your boy Spencer here. So I'm going to work in a wow somewhere. <laughs> On top Wait, of my, is, is this, um, it's Friday, this Friday, fantastic 7 p.m. in Andrew. So, like, we, he said, We're leaving at 3 30. I was like, Okay, let's do it. Yeah, road trip, road trip to Andrews. Road trip. It's out, 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 Be out careful. There. A lot of oil field traffic going down to Andrews. There's just so many tr- large trucks going way faster than, than most people go. Yeah, this is on the Texas side of the Texas New Mexico border of Eunice which is the town south of Hobbs. So it's like, it's the Seminole equivalent to Hobbs. Seminole and Hobbs are right across the border from each other. Eunice, the next town south of Hobbs, and Andrews across the border. Anyways, going to, going to Andrews, going to help track some stats, be a math dude, and work in a wow somewhere. <laughs> I don't know how, yeah, how natural that will be. Him. Let the, hopefully there's like a Ooh. kickoff return and you're just back there going, <laughs> he's to the 10, the five, just, just completely do it. I, I do want to be invited back to do it again sometime. So I don't think I'll, I'll okay. do a full Brandon Jacobs, but um, let's, uh, let's look back and see if uh, any of our instant reactions or over under reactions have been resolved. I think this will be something that we continue to look at. Anything change or reconfirm or re-like something that we thought was resolved after week two creep back into our minds? Anything like that? As far as anything we saw last week, uh, I don't remember. I guess the first thing we were the most concerned with was our DBs getting beat deep. And I don't think that's going to it hasn't been an issue since uh since murray state really uh, and it wasn't an issue against nc state either so I, I think i don't know if i'd call it resolved yet let's see how it goes this saturday but i'm def- definitely less concerned about that uh, one of our other issues that we mentioned last week we said to field your punts and this week we're just going to keep saying fair catch your kickoffs um you, you know there's some other things to do there. So I don't think that's been resolved. And I think McGuire is going to double down on it a little bit. He talked about it in his press conference this week about being aggressive, getting the ball, unless you're within the two or the three 
and I think he maybe even said two or three yards in the end zone. I'm not exactly sure how he worded it, but uh, you know, there was a five yard window there. So if, unless it's in that area, he was telling, he's giving him the green light, but still doesn't fully explain why Martinez made a completely circus catch pretty much at the pylon at the three uh, returned it to the 28. So, Hey, we got a positive return, but then face mask penalty. Yeah. Half, half the distance to the goal. So absolute drive killer just to start out. And, and I'm kind of doubling down myself. Like, no, just catch it. Just fair catch it. It's you're not going to break one. I don't think it's going to happen. Fair catch it. And then you don't have to worry about someone getting a penalty and completely killing your momentum that you just got on your 28 retard or 25 yard return to the 28. Anyway, I didn't know if there was any other kind of overreactions we had recently to kind of hash back out. One of the ones I had was uh, related to Donovan Smith's accuracy. I think going back to, to my memory of the game and then, then my rewatch. I can't recall a lot of inaccurate throws because he just didn't have a lot of stuff. Like there wasn't a time when he sat back in the pocket, had a guy open and then missed him because it was a, an accuracy issue. There were a lot of times he was on the run and there were some accuracy issues. Not every quarterback is going to be super accurate as they're moving. So I don't fault Donovan for, we're on a first name basis, by the way. I don't fault him for having decreased accuracy as he was running for his life this past weekend. Yeah. I mean, having rewatched, rewatched, having watched the first half, the, the receivers did him no favors that whole half. Uh, he was getting the ball to them. They were just, just flat out missing the catch or they were turning and facing the wrong direction. That pick six, I, finally got to see it. And I don't think it was, it, it was one of their fault. <laughs> it was either Donovan's fault or their first name for me too, or the receiver's fault. And I can't remember who the receiver was miles price. Okay. So they were obviously Donovan was thrown to one place. Miles was going to another. I think Donovan made a good throw, but there was a miscommunication there. And I'm not sure who to blame on that. And it kind of doesn't really matter. It resulted in a pick six. And there would have been a lineman downfield on that one anyway. So that was coming back. That penalty was declined. So even if that had been caught, uh, Tech would have been facing a fourth and six, I guess, after that penalty. Uh, better than a pick six, I think. Oh, yeah. Way better than a pick six. But, you know, I, I'm not really... I have some, I have some uh some nitpicking I want to do. Let's do it. About the offense this last game, having gone through, listened to it, watched it, it just really seemed like there were a lot of a lot of long ways to go. Long rows to hoe, as we would say back in the back in the old McDonald farm, but anyway, take a guess, what was the average distance that you thought that tech had on every second down. Uh, it had to be. It, it, it felt like most first downs were either a stuffed run or there was quite a bit of pressure in Donovan Smith. So probably pretty long. Yes. Every single first down, if you average them, you get 10.08 yards. So basically first down was useless. You, 
almost averaged losing a yard then. Yeah. On first so, down. I mean, I, I'm just looking at the drive chart here just for second down. So you're second in 10, 6, 20, 11, 9, 10, 10, 15, 12, 15, 6, 1, 12, 1, 18, 18, 10, 10. I mean, it's just awful. It's Golly. brutal. And then third down was just as bad. Third down also averaged 10 yards per down. So you've got third and nine, two, eight, and then it got really bad. 19, 8, 7, 11, 11, 18, 8, 10, 10. You're not going to move the ball if you can't move the ball. Yeah. So I just was floored by that. I mean, this entire offense, I, I took out first down plays because obviously it's always first 10, first and 10. I took down plays where Tech punted. But out of 44 total plays remaining, 26 of them, they had 10 plus yards to go. 10 of them, they had 15 plus yards to go. And two of them, they had 20 plus yards to go. So almost 60% of the plays that weren't punts or first downs, they had 10 or more yards to go. It's incredibly bad. It just seemed like it was so long, and it was. So I I think the key, not to get ahead of us too much, is get something on first down. Don't get a sack on first down. I mean, that was how a lot of this happened. There was a sack or uh, Smith would throw to Brooks in the backfield and he'd get hit, you know, behind the yard of scrimmage. And next thing you know, it's second and 13. Just brutal. You've got to get the ball moving on first down. Otherwise, this offense just stalls. I mean, third down conversion was two and 12. I think we touched on that during the instant reaction, but I don't remember being sure looked worse. I don't remember being that bad. I I know we talked about holding NC State to six of 16 on third down. And we're like, hey, that's 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 33 percent or just a little bit, you know, little were a little better conversion rate for NC State than 33 percent. Yeah. <laughs> When you had 12 third downs and you missed on 10 of them. Ooh. Yeah. And to pick on the offense a little bit more, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I just, it, it just struck me so awful once I started looking at it closer. Even that touchdown drive, that was a great drive to end the first half, basically. Uh, it was aided by a PI call on a bad throw into double coverage. So Smith had the ball. It was second and one, had two timeouts. He could have easily picked up the first down and Kitley or, you know, McGuire could have called a timeout and they could have kept going. But second one, he threw a deep, deep ball to the end zone. Price was completely covered. And fortunately, someone tackled Price before he had the chance to catch the ball. So that was, you know, a PI call that aided that drive. Just kind of an odd decision that worked out, but I don't know, you know, who knows that drive may have stalled out if that PI call hadn't been made. Uh, Just a couple of things that had to happen just right for tech to even get a touchdown uh, in the first half. Um, I did want to point out one other thing on the offense. I know that Morton is, is pretty highly talked about, but the dude has thrown two interceptions on 17 throws. And to be on pace guy for the same amount of attempts that Smith has, Smith would have thrown 13 interceptions by now. So I know that that's a small sample size, but 
Morton has a tendency to give the ball away. And if people are going to say, well, he's not playing with the first team offensive line. Well, he probably was in NC state. Um, then that means that he's not playing against first team DBs either. And if he's able to throw the ball to them too, then he can throw it to first team UT just as good as he can to second team Murray state. But I, I just came away from this game going, Oh my gosh, this offense has got to get moving. I don't know what it, what they're doing. I don't know. You know, the middle of the field doesn't seem open anymore or they're not trying. They weren't trying to get it to the middle of the field. Uh, the, the only guys they could get to was Brooks and they left him open. They didn't care. That's why he's your top receiver. They said, go for it and throw it to him. I don't know. We'll get him. There's a lot of room between now and there. Now, I think Brooks had a couple of good plays, but he was just swarmed instantly every time he caught the ball. But I, that was pretty much, let me see. Let me see if I had a couple more <laughs> things I wanted to miss. Well, so just to, to touch on that drive, well, the drive actually right before the touchdown, it was directly following the pick six. NC State is up 20 to zero. Kickoff goes to Nehemiah Martinez, returns it to the 13-yard line. And then something we haven't seen, or at least that was infuriating under Cliff Kingsbury, coming out of a, a change of possession. Delay a game. Delay a game. First down. Drive killer. You're on, first play of the drive, you're on the 13, delay a game. So you're backing yourself up to the, five, the eight, excuse me, because you lost five yards. First play, first and 15, Donovan Smith rush, zero yards. Next place, second and 15, no huddle. Sorry, it's a shotgun pass to Miles Price, four yards. Third and 11, shotgun pass complete to Taj Brooks for six yards. So you barely, in that drive, in that three and out, barely made it back to the 13, which you heard 12 yards behind where you should have been had we fair caught the ball, which I think on the punts, I'm a, I'm a lot... Outside of the muff, which it happens, especially for a guy that's taking his first big time college snaps. Like this is his first punt back there, right? Hocut and he recovered Hocut, the ball. Hocut muffed his very first punt for Texas Tech as a returner, and then recovered it. But then the, like I said, whatever position referee that has the B on his back just stood there and allowed <laughs> grand what what I don't know a, assault. Whatever, whatever that uh, that charge would be allows assault to happen in front of them, four on one, for them to take the ball back. I'm less concerned with the punt returns now after seeing Hokut, even with the muff, because I I think he did a good enough job to then get back on top of it. It's now the kickoffs, man, and I'm 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 gonna harp on I'm gonna be that guy I'm gonna harp on it, and then just some of the. Like it, it wasn't just one area. And I, I think I got, I got kind of focused in on, on special teams and, and creating bad field position for, for Texas tech, uh, at least on defense takeover. And it wasn't just a special teams thing. It was offense. It, it was a whole team issue. But when we talked about like NC state only having 270 yards of offense, because they didn't have to go very far. Their, their longest scoring drive was 40 yards. Mm-hmm. They started on the on their 45 on that longest drive and ended up kicking a long field goal. You did have that one touchdown grace gratefully 
prevented by Rabbit punching the ball out at the goal line. I mean, that, that would have been a 90-yard drive. Or, sorry, that was a 90-yard drive. That would have been a 90-yard scoring drive. That kept every other scoring drive under 50 yards because of just the terrible field position uh, that your defense was set to defend. Well, and, and to make it back to the defense real, real quickly, though, I did want to point out before I move on from the offense, the the frustration of some of those sacks where a lineman just or linebacker just comes through completely untouched. Most of the time it was not most of the time, but at least a couple of times it was because the guard and the center were blocking the same guy. You've got two guys blocking one guy instead of, you know, maybe staying ready for another rusher, a delayed rusher to come through. And sure enough, comes through untouched sack Smith. Uh, other instances where that happens, the running back supposed to pick somebody up, doesn't, isn't watching, doesn't see that there's a wide open gap and doesn't move over to try to fill it. So just some really rough plays there. Uh, but, but to switch it over to the defense, you know, I, I think I've I've dwelled on this game too much. You know, McGuire has the 24-hour rule. Apparently, I have a 72, which I probably should quit after this week. But I think the defense, as well as they played, I think, you know, this game could have easily been, what was the final score? It was 27-14. It could have easily been 37-14 because... Rabbit punching out that ball was complete luck that it happened the way it did. You know, I, I don't know if he was really going for the ball or what, but it was just a really lucky break. I do think I would, I'm going to walk that back some. It wasn't complete luck. I mean, he made a good play, but how often does that happen? How often can you rely on your, you know, one of your great defensive players to make a play like that at the goal line? <laughs> On, a, on what was going to be a surefire, surefire touchdown. Um, and then also that first drive, the fact that they were able to hold, hold him to a field goal was aided completely from a penalty of an ineligible man downfield that negated a touchdown completely. There was a false start in there that had them kind of on their heels of NC State's own doing. So I'm even over here going, well, goodness. I mean, it should have been another four plus seven it should have been another 11 points on the board yeah it, i guess it could have been 38 14 but so i'm i'm just i'm just in a rough i'm in a rough place i knew that nc state was was going to pose a big threat I, we had them losing last week uh but just the ineptness of the offense and the special teams all happening simultaneously and then the defense really playing as well as they could but also because of some fortunate breaks, it, it's got me worried about how um, how competitive Tech's going to be in some of these bigger games. You know, Houston, the Houston win, that was a sloppy game too, but we thought Houston might be pretty decent. Looks like they're not. It doesn't look like they're that great. Or maybe Kansas is just yeah. that good. Yeah. Hold, your, <laughs> hold your thought, maybe. Maybe Kansas is actually really good. They got a okay, shot we, to get to four and zero. I know week. they are and, and, more than a touchdown favorite. Yeah, and we can move on to because you know week four is is going to creep up on us because West Virginia is at Virginia Tech on Thursday, 
Thursday night, they get another primetime slot for a former rival. Happy for the Mountaineers. I mean that sincerely because I don't think they could give two craps about any of the Big 12 teams. <laughs> They're just collecting a paycheck and flying out of Pittsburgh and doing whatever they've got to do. So, uh, and this should be, I mean, I think I've seen the spread on this. It's three or something like that. It should be a pretty close game. I know Virginia tech lost to old dominion in week one. West Virginia is coming off a loss to Kansas. It's a bounce so, back opportunity, Michael bounce back, bounce back. So that that'll be good. Six thirty on ESPN Thursday. And then moving on Saturday, uh, what, do we, is there a name for TCU at SMU? I feel like there should be Isn't the iron skillet. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah, I think that's it. So TCU SMU 11 a.m. in in the big D on ESPNU. Uh, Duke's coming to Kansas. Going to have quite a few eyes on that one on FS1. Yeah, it's iron also, skillet. Also at 11. Three big 12 games at 11. Uh, <laughs> Good job, everybody. Um, Baylor at Iowa State, a legit Big 12 game in Ames. Is it, though? Is it? <laughs> what do you mean, is it? Like, Iowa State. I mean, I really don't think. I, I'm more on the Iowa State are pretenders than contenders issue here. Baylor. Oh, 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 no. I just meant. A legit, as in two Big Twelve teams oh, playing okay, each yeah, other. Sure. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to amp up the the Cyclones. Sweet Bridge, though. Yeah, Sweet Bridge. Um, then, of course, the game we're about to talk about, but there's Kansas after, State, Oklahoma. Did yes, you say that. Yeah, Kansas State at Oklahoma, seven o'clock. We'll all get to watch that one. That's on Fox. That's interesting. So Fox is having a night game. At seven. Why, why wouldn't they, they put their big game on at noon? I don't know what's going on at noon. The big, they've kind of tucked, they've cut, they've tucked all the big 12 games away this week, except for that one. That's the only one on a national broadcast. The rest of them are all cable. Let's see. Who's playing Saturday in Maryland, Michigan. Is that the big nooner? Uh, it's not Kent state. Yeah. That's the big nooner, Maryland, Michigan. Why? And it's a 16 and a half point spread for Michigan. It's Clemson wake forest on ABC. Uh, Florida, Tennessee. That's the CBS game. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's the, that's the, that's the big nooner. I'm just, I'm just floored by that. Maryland at Michigan. Oh, well. So uh, the other thing that was announced, what was it? Oh, K-State. Oh, this is great. Don't you love that K-State, the K-State game at 11 a.m. next week will be on ESPN Plus. Just beautiful. Has there been a conference game on ESPN Plus yet? I don't, there haven't been very many conference games. Like yet this year? Yes. I don't think so. Like a true conference game. Well, except for maybe, you know what? West Virginia, Kansas might have been on ESPN+. Plus. I, I can't remember. Oh, well. Was that, was that week three or, or week two? That was week uh, two. That was week two. Because Kansas defeated Houston last week. Let's check this out really quickly. 
Kansas uh, is on a heck of a roll, man. Are they for real, though? <laughs> sure. I don't know, man. I just don't know. Sure they are. 12. Surely the Fox College Sports. No, oh my gosh. Two. Week two, Big 12. Every time I, I change the filters, it, uh, it doesn't tell me what network it was on. I kind of think it was plus, but I'm unsure. Uh, let's see. You want to roll through the, I'll roll through the injury update real quick. I'll, I'll let you, I'll finish with Ramirez. Cause I know okay. you wanted to touch on that. Um, so Adrian Fry, it looks like he still has that quad contusion and a banged up knee that he's dealing with. McGuire seemed to think it could be this week or next for him. Uh, Cameron Valdez should be back next week. He's got a knee injury. Derek Lewis, linebacker, he's, quote, really close, so could possibly see him in Lubbock against the Longhorns. And then linebacker Dimitri Moore still listed as questionable with a hamstring injury, so he's likely going to be out this week. But uh, I wanted to see if you had some some update on Bryce Ramirez, who, of course, suffered that awful lower leg injury. Hey, now that you now that you've seen the first half, did you see it? No, I did not. You know what? I kind of knew when it was I when knew it was coming. When it was about to start, and yeah, what I did and shout out to whoever spliced this together on YouTube, and shout out to ESPN for not taking it down yet. But I watched the two hour th- version that someone just cut mostly all the plays together, and so it has some commentary in between plays and some replays, but not much. It's I mean, so I watched the whole first half in an hour of actual time, but I kind of knew when that was coming up and I made sure to, to fast forward through that. So no, well, the, the, I, I have no interest in that. That stuff really freaks no, me out. No, it, it, when it gets to be that gruesome, it's like, it, it's not interesting to me either. Well, and uh, they said on the broadcast, you know, Hey, we've, we looked at it during the break and we've decided not to show you. So Maybe they didn't replay it. I, I don't know exactly well, what they, replayed they did, it but once. I wasn't going to look so close. Yeah. <laughs> D- during the, the live broadcast, when the play happened, you couldn't see it because of the angle of the broadcast camera. And uh, the way he rolled over and immediately took, took his helmet off, and then an NC State trainer came out first and started like waving over. You're like, oh, that's probably not good. Like My, my first indication was, was uh, Bryce took his, his helmet off, which is not usually what you'll yeah. see. Yeah. Um, and then they showed the replay once, but it, it felt like if I remember correctly, even during the replay, as they were, uh, it was like a field level camera and they had it trained on, on the tackle there as it was happening in slow motion. I've, I think the guys in the production truck saw it happen and then switched back to the broadcast angle and cut off the replay. So they showed it once. I think as they processed it in the truck, they cut it off immediately. Good for them. Good, and then never showed it them. again. And they, when they talked about it in the broadcast, when they came back, like, yeah, we're not showing that again. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was all I saw that really talked about it. Cause they skipped over a bunch of it with it being a replay, um, on the splice together on YouTube. But today, uh, it's, it's not like I'm breaking news here. Uh, Bryce tweeted out, uh, it was a picture with coach Duran Doran of the NC state football team. And I, I don't know the player that was with them. They presented Bryce. They had this poster, uh, this sign that had like, I believe it was Bryce's 
uh, his roster photo. And then it said, get well soon, Bryce. And then every member of the NC State football team signed it and they took it to in the hospital, uh, which was just a, just a great move on their part. I know that some Texas Tech fans and donors had collected some money to help get Bryce's parents uh, some accommodations to get out there to fly out there and be able to stay with them. Right. Because that was one of the first things I thought about was like, well, if the severity of that injury is probably going to need to have surgery to stabilize everything and go ahead and repair the break while he's there, the team flew back Saturday night. He wasn't going to be flying back Saturday night, but he's going to be left back behind in North Carolina by himself. I know that we'd heard that Debbie McGuire had planned to, to fly back out there and, and spend time with him, but had decided not to since his parents were there and like he had everything that he needed or, you know, as much as you could. But that was a really great move to see uh, Coach Duran and the team come together and at least have that, that gesture for Bryce. Uh, I think we, we've all seen there's an outpouring of support and well wishes for his recovery and his, his rehab to start as soon as he can to make sure he can um, have a full and speedy recovery. And whether or not that means he comes back to playing football, I'm not sure, but just wish him all the best and hope he can come home soon. I think we saw maybe Wednesday or Thursday, he'll be able to fly back home, which will be huge. Not that I, I don't think he's getting the care he needs, but working in a healthcare setting, I understand has so much of it is a mental thing. People heal and respond so much better to everything when they're home. Yeah. And, so. and you know that he's going to have a revolving door of players and staff and, friends he's made here in Lubbock, just, just come check him out, just check on him and make sure he's doing okay. Uh, I mean, so yeah, I saw the same thing too. You know, McGuire mentioned in his press conference, he's uh, is, his wife's name's Debbie, right? Yeah. He said something like, yeah, Debbie was ready to prepare to go up there, but I, th- I think his folks were able to get up there. And you think about that, um, traveling to NC state is not, I, I don't think anyone's saying this, but that's not an easy thing for some parents to put together also when they're also probably trying to go to Lubbock every weekend and try to, you know, or six weeks, six weekends and to probably try to go to, um, you know, some of the drivable games. So I don't think anyone's saying that, but that's just something to consider that uh, just because they weren't there doesn't mean they didn't want to be, or they weren't paying attention. It's just logistically and financially, it's, it's hard to make those games. It's not like Texas tech helps everybody out. To, to do that. So you've got lives going on in other places and probably other kids and other things are happening. So it makes total sense that not necessarily someone's folks would just be sitting there in the stands, but he had, I think he had what two sacks before he went down. I know he had at least one. So uh, just solo. He, he's credited with one solo tackle. Okay. For the game. It was Maybe it was a tackle for a loss. I don't remember, but hope he's doing well and and I'm sure he's ready to get back home and I'm sure the players are excited for him to come back home and and heck the coaches too. Yeah. He's a junior this year was one of the guys that were honored uh, in the off season with uh, getting a a scholarship coming up from a, a walk on previously was a walk on uh, from the Houston area, Missouri city, uh, which is where Deandre Washington was from. Don't know why I remember that, but 
anyways, yeah, that, that flight from Houston to, to Raleigh is probably not that big of a deal, but not expecting to have to, to foot that expense with no, no heads up or, you know, however long you need to stay in a hotel. Yeah. Not something that, like a lot of people can just be like, all right, well, I'm going to go spend a week away from work and on flights and hotels, whatever. So that was huge that uh, some of our, our fans were able to do that and help them out in that way. Like I said, just wish Bryce all the best. All right. Texas Longhorns coming to town this weekend. Number 22, Texas. Maybe for the last time. 2.30 kick over on ESPN. Line has moved, I would say, quite a bit. Open at Tech plus five. It is now, as of right now, six and a half. Over under settling in at around 60. So if you were just do the straight up math on that, that is what a 30, well, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> 33, 27. Yeah. 34, like 27. Yeah. Um, they are led, or at least until uh, Quinn Ewers comes back by sophomore quarterback Hudson Card, 6'2", 200. He is completing 66% of his passes for 343 yards and a touchdown, 6.9 yards per attempt. This past weekend against UTSA went 15 to 23 for 161 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Quinn Ewers may, maybe back this week was practicing. Uh, I don't think his injury was as severe as Shucks. Apparently as, as he's practicing, Maybe, like I said, maybe coming back 6'2", 207, just a little bit heavier than Hudson Card. 25 of 36 on the year before his injury. 69% completion percentage. Basically the same number of yards. 359 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Was averaging just under 10 yards per attempt. Yeah, the, the, the thing with Ewers is it seems like he's able to get the ball downfield a little bit more. He does have a better completion. But... um you know, card, I, th- I think we've said this almost every week, except maybe against Murray State. Well, no, Murray State, hey, I, they had a very mobile quarterback, too. Good gosh, card can be fast when he wants to be. He broke yeah. a run against UTSA this last week. I mean, I th- think he went for 20, 25 yards, and it was just straight up the middle, and people were missing him left and right. He, he was he was very fast. He makes fast people look not fast. think fast think fast i think where where most of us are concerned uh at least with the skill position players for the texas offense are surrounding their their two running backs Bijan robinson is a junior this year six foot 220 so far this year 51 carries 311 yards 6.1 yards per carry six touchdowns added an additional 132 yards on seven catches good for almost 20 yards per catch and a touchdown uh, last week, he had 20 carries, 183 net yards, and three touchdowns, 9.2 yards per carry. Roshan Johnson, which I guess would have been their third-string quarterback had Card not been able to go, and it would have been more of a uh, wildcat. I mean, he did, he, did, he did go off against Tech a few years ago. Senior, 6'2", 220, 21 carries on the year, 131 yards, more than six yards per carry, and a touchdown himself. Last week, had 11 carries. almost half of his carries, 81 yards, 7.4 yards per attempt. Their star receiver, Xavier Worthy, hasn't quite broken out yet. Maybe he's uh, more closely tied with his breakout performance with Ewers at quarterback than Card. 
64, so he's a little dude in terms of weight. 11 catches so far in the year, 162 yards, almost 15 yards per catch. Not a touchdown yet. Last week was contained a little bit. Four catches for 41 yards. Junior wide receiver Jordan Whittington, uh, opposite him, 6'1", 205. So far this year, 14 catches, 146 yards, just about 10.5 yards per catch. Last week had four catches for 56 yards. And then a tight end to worry about, sophomore Jatavion Sanders. 6'4", 240, 10 catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown. So offensively, when Texas Tech has the ball versus the Texas defense, uh, Texas Tech pass yards per game has dipped a little bit after last week's game to 374 yards a game. Texas defense gives up only 216 yards per game. Tech averages about 8.1 yards per attempt. Texas does not allow teams to to break off long passes, allowing just 6.4 yards per attempt. That's a few yards more than NC State, but still pretty stingy. Uh, Texas Tech has been rushing, has dipped a little bit in rushing yards, 101 yards per game. Texas has been averaging giving up almost 131. Uh, Tech rushes just over three yards per carry, which I think we would like to see that. Obviously, we want to see that quite a bit higher. Uh, You didn't quite give your running backs a chance last week especially with Brooks only getting four carries. I think Sirajic had eight or nine himself. You're not going to beat a lot of teams just rushing the ball 13 times. But Texas Tech, sorry, Texas allows just over three and a half yards per carry. Uh, The offense, third down conversion dipped quite a bit again after last week to 32 and a half percent. This is where I think Texas Tech, Texas is, I can't, I can't keep straight which one I'm talking about. This is where the Texas defense struggles getting teams off the field. Yes, They are allowing 42% conversion rate on third down. That is horrendous. Yes. I mean, Tech's got to move the ball first down. They, they've, they, they can't have second and 10 again, like in perpetuity, like they did in, in Raleigh. So it, if against a team like this, if you get to a third and five, you have a chance. You have a chance to, to move those sticks. That's going to be a lot easier than it was even last week. I felt like even though I wanted to give NC state their due. I think I underrated how much they were going to disrupt this offense. And I think some of that, some of that self-inflicted. So I have some hope that it can be rectified with some film and, you know, sitting the guys down and, you know, the receivers just had a rough week catching the ball too. So just, there's some things they can fix. Um, but, but yeah, that's something I noticed that too, man. I think something that tech could take advantage of. Yeah, you just got to be able to keep the ball, keep your offense on the field. I do, again, like which, like what you were saying, I think some of that I can attribute to uh, Tony Gibson just having a lot of success against Texas Tech and Kingsbury and now Kitley-style offenses. I would have thought maybe having some, you know, some, some experience against Kitley would have done better, but that experience, I think, played out better for, for Gibson. Um, but the Texas defense looks like it's going to be, they're a little more susceptible to the run uh, and, and, and getting teams off the field on third down. When Texas Tech is on, the, on defense, we, they, Texas Tech is allowing 211 passing yards per game at 7.3 yards per attempt. 
So actually really close to what the Texas defense is doing on the passing game. Whereas Texas is throwing for 234 yards. Again, that, that, that shifted a little bit when Card took over uh, at 8.2 yards per attempt. Texas Tech is giving up only 83 rushing yards a game at 2.3 yards per carry. This is where I think we'll see Texas Tech uh, and how, how well they do this season is how well they contain teams on the ground. Texas offense is averaging just over 170 yards per game on the ground for 5.2 five yards per carry. Yeah, they have two. We just read them off. Two yeah. running backs that average six over six yards per carry a piece. This will be a huge test. And I, I think along with that third down conversion, when the offense is on the field, when the defense is on the field, man, we're going to see how well they can do against these fantastic running backs. Texas converts about as well as you do uh, on third downs. They convert 33%. You're, like I said, you're at 32 and a half. Texas Tech defense is only allowing 30% conversion. Uh, and they've been scoring 37 points per game. And you've allowed 22. I think I interrupted you before you said the points per game on the other side of, of things. So the Texas Tech offense is scoring 37 points per game, but the Texas defense is only allowing 17 including 20 to Alabama who skunked and scored over 120 points against their other two opponents. So I think this defense is pretty salty. I mean, you've, you've got some guys like Jalen Ford. He's one of their linebackers. He's in the double digits on tackles already this season, six, three, two thirty-four. He has 16 solo tackles, nine assists, uh, the thing that kind of stuck out to me the most, um, you know, des despite how good this defense is, they don't have very many sacks. They have six on the year. Tech, on the other hand, has eight. But, man, do they get to the quarterback. This defense has recorded 12 quarterback hurries. And as good as Tech has been in that regard this year, Tech has only recorded nine that I'm aware of. So, I mean, as far as the sacks are concerned, Eight and a half or uh, number 88, Baron Sorrell. He's your edge guy. Six, four, 258. He's got one and a half sacks himself and a couple of quarterback hurries himself to uh, Jalen Ford, your linebacker, six, three, 234. He has a sack, but I expected to see a little bit more, um, more of that, but who knows? Maybe it's not something they worry about as much, but uh, yeah, definitely going to get pressure on the quarterback. They may not always bring him down, but there's going to be somebody in Smith's face probably quite a bit. Yeah. The other thing that we're, we're looking at uh, is whether or not uh, DeMarvian Overshone will be available in the first half. He had a targeting ejection in the second half of the game and Texas has instituted or is appealing as per the, the new rule. Uh, they can appeal a second half ejection to see if it was properly applied, the rule is properly applied, and whether or not he will be still held ineligible for the first half of the game. Still no word on his status just yet. So he could play in the first half uh, as a player that is affectionately known as Agent Zero. Where is number zero for them? Long, oh, sorry, Longhorn linebacker. Super disruptive would be huge for them on defense to have him for the entire game. Michael, are you ready to get to a prediction? I think, I think so. Do you, 
I, th- I think you went first last week. Do you want me to go first this week? Yeah. Okay. So coming into this season, I had tech two and one with a loss on the road to NC state heading into this week against Texas hosting the Longhorns for what is certain to be the last time maybe ever. And man, I just, I just felt good that day we recorded. I was, I was on fire. I was thinking Tech's got this, this is going to be a big game. There's going to be so many people here. They'll figure they will have figured some things out. Offense will be rolling. I might go against former self here and I don't feel great about it. I, you know, you probably, it's probably no surprise to anybody that whole first 10 minutes where I just kind of ranted for a while about this NC state game. I'm, I'm trying to put it past me, but it's not going very well. I just saw so many things that seem to be, um, self-inflicted, but then some things that I don't think are going to change. I think there's not going to fair catch things anymore. And I think there's still going to be opportunities for penalties on a return. That's going to negate the return. Um, so I, th- I think that along with kind of what we've seen um, Smith and this group of receivers put together against a, an actual good defense, they're facing another good defense. And as this old saying goes, defense travels. And I'm a little bit worried about that too. So I think that tech is going to have a chance to put up some points. I think tech's defense is going to hold as long as they can, but these running backs are so talented. And then, you know, if you start stacking the box and getting worried about them beating you, then they can get it to worthy. They can get it to their big tight end. Even if it, if cards in there or yours is back there, um, card can run it. It's, it's a pretty good offense. I, I'm a little bit higher on Texas coming into this, this week than I thought I would be. I, I, the other part of my theory was that Alabama would have completely boat raced them at home and they would have gotten beaten, you know, 42 to seven or something. And we would have all been laughing and having a great time, but that's not what happened. It was uh, it was a loss. So, so beautiful and so well executed that it got them ranked. So um, I think we have to pay some attention to that and all that to say, I don't feel good, Spencer. I don't feel good about it. I think tech's going to score a little bit, but I think UT is going to score more. I think tech's going to have a little bit better week offensively. They're going to figure out some things that went wrong, but they are going to lose 38 to 24. And that does have me just barely taking the over on points. So I think if if I were to do that, I think one of the points here where Texas Tech could have an opportunity uh, is if they are able to continue to to play sound against the run. There were times, very limited times, where an NC State was able to break off longer runs, which then makes their their rushing total even that much more impressive. That they had like three or four pretty good runs to then only finish the game with whatever it was, like 100 yards rushing, and most of it came on three carries. No, you haven't seen a running back tandem like this since you faced them last year, right? Um, but it's one of those things like strength on strength. Who's going who's gonna to do better? What's going to come out? If you're able to slow them down, 
or at least not let them just completely gash your defense on the ground, as well as, well, to do that without having to overcommit. Because I, I think to your point, if you, if you start stacking the box, eight, nine guys in there, you dare them to throw. Or if you're, if you're just biting really, really hard on, on run plays, that this is a team, whether, regardless who's that, who's that quarterback, because they have talent everywhere, that can beat you with, with play action, and they can beat you over the top with anybody. Whether, whether it was you know their their running backs or sorry their their receivers or like a running back out of the out of the backfield, if you're able to to slow down their their offense without overcommitting and being burned on play action, this could be a close game where you have a shot at the end. I'm still taking this to be a loss. I think it will be the score will be pretty close to what you saw last week. I am taking. I'm going to take I'm going to take Texas to cover barely and the under and say it's like a 27 to 20 type of game. Also a grind it out. You know, that's something I didn't point out. Uh, you know, they scored, I think, 41 or 42 against UTSA, but one of them was a pick six. So their offense. <laughs> if we can avoid really... the pick six, this game will be a lot better. <laughs> Yeah, and I wasn't trying to make a dig there. I, I didn't even mean to walk into that. But, uh, you know, their offense has, the offense themselves didn't get into the 40s last week. So that's why I thought, well, okay, 38 seems sort of reasonable, maybe some good field position. You know, the the other thing, and I think you mentioned it too last week, it was Tech will play better this week. I, I think they will. I trust these coaches. I'm not upset. I'm not like mad or anything. I'm just pointing out things that I saw that, were not good um, that I expect to, to be better even in a game that I think ultimately tech might lose in, you know, you don't expect them to only go two for 12 on third downs, move the stinking chains, give yourself a chance, uh, cover the spread. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, it, I, I'm a little bit just down after this last week. And so I am, hoping that they're able to figure it all out and give Texas a heck of a game and give them their first or their third loss since um, Y2K started and in Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. And I think if you, if you look at uh, if you, if you give any credence to Bill Connolly and his advanced metrics last week in terms of the S and P plus rankings of teams and the difference, NC State is a better team than Texas. You you were a you know nine point difference in terms of the ranking scale, and I, I I can't give you the what that equates to on the field, but in terms of his rankings, uh, nine point difference. You're only an eight point difference this week, and you're at home. I think again, if you can if you can limit being gashed or, or giving up big plays, and if you cannot. Well, this is going to be like a lot of <laughs> hypotheticals. If, 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 if this, if this, this, then that. If you can continue to do well with your defense the way it has been playing, limiting things on the ground and not getting absolutely torched. If you can not give them a ton of extra free yards, whether it's penalties or field position because of turnovers or what have you. And if you can not throw a pick six, 
like I said, I think this game could be really competitive and you, you could have a shot there at the end. You, you could have a shot in the fourth quarter. But I think until we see it, right, especially against a team like Texas, I'm going to take the, the, the consensus here and be like, I think Texas Tech in a first week or sorry, first year head coach, um, I'm still going to give some, some deference to the, the talent difference. Uh, Conley has this game 34 25 for Texas. So a nine point game. I don't know how that would work out to get 25 points. So 34 24, 34 27, that type of range. I think it'd be a little bit lower scoring because I think with your defense being so strong against the run, it'll just, it'll be a slower game. Texas will lean on their run game. They'll still have some success. You'll make them earn it sl- more slowly, but I think they'll they'll bleed you to death. <laughs> yeah, and and they, uh, you know, when they get it out to Bijan Robinson out in the flat or something, he is good. He will either mow people down or he'll have guys blocking for him who will, or he'll just flat out uh, juke you out of your shoes. He's so dangerous. He's he's fun to watch. <laughs> it's is it weird to say I'm looking forward to watching play? He's so good. Bit. And and Roshan Johnson too, man. Both both of those guys. I'm just every time I see them play, I'm just so impressed with with what they're able to do. How fast they can get moving with how tall they are and and how much weight they have on them. And they're just uh really good athletes. But I do think Tech has a chance in this game. But it's a lot of things are going to have to go right. Uh, uh, all the things you mentioned will ha- will need to go right. There won't need to be any facet of the game that is, is suffers. Yeah, and in terms of, of the updated FPI, if you look at another metric here, it has swung so wildly for this game. This is now your lowest, like every, at this current point, no game do you have a lower percentage to win than this one against Texas. You're at 19.6. It started at 24.1 at the beginning of the season. Even Oklahoma at the end of the year is 21.6. I think the other thing that's been really interesting is how wildly the game has also changed for Kansas. That started at 87.5%. It's down to 63. Oh my gosh, that's by far the biggest move. You're all it's you're just as likely to beat Kansas as you are West Virginia, which I think is, is is pretty funny. But this is the lowest one according to FBI left on the schedule. And then you get a, a little bit of a break the following week, 34.5% against Kansas State on the road behind a terrible Adrian Martinez. Let me know if 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 I if I haven't said that enough. <laughs> no, I think you've met I had it on here for you to say that. And you already yeah. did it. Good it's, job. It, it's in the show notes. Make sure to point out yeah. Adrian Martinez. We are, <laughs> we are going to be uh, swapping some, some previews with Bosco's boys. I've already got Scott on the hook to do a, a primer. I've already committed to go on their show. I will be sure Good. to remind them that they last year on the preseason show, they, uh, they laughed. The Texas tech win total was at four and a half and they all took the under laughing. I was like, Hey man, we won. Yes. We won seven games, man. Bring, bring that back up. You have to. And then I'd be like, and what did you guys do? You went and got Adrian Martinez. Okay. Um, we're not worried. Well, you know, against Mizzou, they looked pretty good, but Mizzou's just pretty bad. Yeah. 
I, I expected a little bit more last week out of Kansas State. All right, let's wrap this up with what do we learn and uh, get you ready for, I guess, the rest of your week getting on to, to Texas. Longhorns making their final trip. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. What did we learn, Michael? Okay, I learned... I think I've talked about this. Do you, are you familiar with the, okay, I play farming simulator on Xbox. I also play this game called snow runner. Okay. Are you familiar with snow runner? Is it a trucking style game? Basically. Kind of? yeah, it's, okay. it's like logistics. <laughs> it's a logistics game. You're taking a load of something from point A to point B, but it's usually in really rough terrain mud, snow, ice, uphill, off-road, all over the place. So that's what makes it fun. Then you upgrade your vehicle, all that kind of good stuff. Well, they have all this DLC for it, which I hadn't really checked into because I've the base game has so much to do that I will never beat the base game. So I haven't checked into DLC, but then I stumbled upon something the other day. They call them seasons. So season eight is upcoming this fall they haven't released a date yet but everyone's kind of assuming it'll probably be around christmas season eight is called grand harvest and so one of the things you do in that in that dlc is you haul pieces of a wind turbine to help build a wind farm and then the other thing is spencer there will be tractors that almost sounds like a farm simulator crossover it kind of is there. There are two tractors that they've released photos of, and then you're out there, you're planting potatoes, you're plowing fields to, um, you know, get the, I don't know, I guess that's part of one of the maps is you've got to sow some crops, got to get some crops in the ground. So finally it's, it's like, it's happening, man. There's going to be because I started playing SnowRunner again over the last couple of weeks solely because I saw this season eight DLC and I wanted to be prepared and remember how the hell to play it so that when it comes out, I can just download it and then drive a tractor in the mud. Because <laughs> Farming Simulator, for those of you who don't know, which I'm sure is most all of you except Spencer, there's no mud or anything. You, every day, every time you're plowing, you're plowing in ideal conditions. It can even be raining. You're not, you're not supposed to harvest crops in the rain, but that's really it. It, it can I be mean, raining and you will never get stuck. You can do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. That, like, there will be some animated extra dirt on, on your vehicle. Sure. Yeah. You're, that's but that, right. That, that's about it. There's no, there's no impact to the performance of the, of the, the, uh, do the equipment. Right. So I'm interested to get in a game where it has that kind of physics. You've got these giant eight wheel tractors with the, that articulate in the middle and you're out there trying to plant some potatoes in a just completely muddy field. It's going to be a mess. Can't wait. So that's what I learned. I'm very excited <laughs> about it. I, uh, man, I was reminded that we live in West Texas. We found a scorpion in the house this week. Oh, hello. And what was a little even, I guess a little more scary was it was on the back of our, our, our son's uh, high chair. He wasn't in it at the time. It was folded up because if we leave it set up, he will climb into it and then use it to launch himself onto things. He's, 
He celebrated his second birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Hayden. He is two, but he is a climber now, and he's figured out how to climb in and out of his high chair, which is supremely helpful at mealtime. Like, hey, go get in your chair, and then he does it. But also, if we leave the chair up, he will get into it and then use it to climb onto something else or to jump out of it onto something else. He likes to pull it next to the couch, and then uh, as he sees in Toy Story, to infinity and beyond, which he says, and then jumps out of it onto the couch or onto the my, my rocking recliner next to it. It's beautiful. So I pulled it out to set it up for lunch the other day. I turned it over just a quick check. Cause I, I grab it at the, the very top and I was like, that is, that's a scorpion. Uh, and we went through all that. Luckily it wasn't one of those, like the really dangerous and serious ones that was like the reddish brown color. Yeah. The, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was definitely not one. It was one of the, like the sand colored. It was really small, really small. But we, we, we took it out. We exterminated it. It was like, hey, great reminder. We live out here in West Texas and to find a scorpion. All right. I think that'll do it for this week for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. I uh, hope to see Bryce Ramirez coming home here pretty soon. Uh, welcoming in the Texas Longhorns this weekend, 2.30 on ESPN, probably for the last time, at least in quite some time. Uh, we both have Texas Tech taking a loss, but hopefully it'll be closer. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.